What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. In a season that started off really rough for the Chicago Bulls, where there were trade requests, injuries, disappointment, but have seen bright spots like young players stepping up, we're going to talk about the biggest reasons for optimism around the Chicago Bulls team and some of the biggest reasons for his concern as well over that same time period. We're also going to talk about Danilo Gallinari choosing the Milwaukee Bucks over the Chicago Bulls, and LeBron James was reportedly in support of, of the Lakers trading for Zach Levine. We're going to talk about all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Terry Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into this content for today. So I want to start off with Reasons for optimism on the Chicago Bulls season. And the first thing that we're going to start off with is clearly the young players stepping up for the Chicago Bulls, specifically the guards and Kobe White and Io DeSumo, both having career years in a lot of ways in what they're doing. Uh, Kobe White is having career highs in shooting percentage, three-point percentage, minutes played, volume in shooting, everything, everything in measurable statistics just about for Kobe White. He's averaging career highs in, and that is does not go unnoticed. Right, We've talked about it uh, a lot. Kobe White, the story of him basically since December and his rise over that time has really put him in a place where, you know, you're expecting a lot from Kobe. He's now a player that you know is a building block of your future. He's somebody that you are going to continue to build with around this team. And due to the, the circumstances, the things that happened around his ascent and the fact that the last two years he spent coming off the bench, he's on a extremely team-friendly contract per the output that he's, that he's putting out if he keeps it going. Now, you know, there's that initial doubt I think that everybody had of this run from Kobe White. Is it going to be legit? Is it going to be something that maintains? And I think those questions have to go away. He has to show it that he's going to come into next season being able to do those same things, of course. But Kobe White is right now balling out, averaging eight, uh, at 19.6, basically 20 points per game. He's doing that on 46% shooting from the field, 39% shooting from three-point range. He's averaging four, almost five rebounds per game, five assists per game, almost a steal per game as well. Kobe White is balling out, and he's been one of the bright spots. The ascension of Kobe White has definitely, and I talked about this a little bit over on Locked on Bulls, it's been one of those factors that has helped keep the Bulls at the level that they were last year. Now, I know that's not the, the biggest thing to, to kind of brag home about, but when you look at the fact that Zach Levine has been in and out of the lineup all season, right? The fact that Torrey Craig has missed 22 games, Patrick Williams has been out for a handful of games, uh, you know, DeMar DeRose and Nikola Vucevic have all missed time. Zach is now out for the rest of the season. Staying where you around where you were and technically being better as being in the ninth seed, right? Uh, being where you are right now is is a is something that you can say is a positive considering all the negative crap going on around the Chicago Bulls. Kobe White has definitely been a bright spot. Really, when you look at also, you know, how the season started off for Kobe. It started off a little bit rough. That first month of him being the starting point guard for the Chicago Bulls this season in October, only averaging 9.8 minutes, I mean 9.8 points per game in 31 minutes per game. So kind of sticking to the same output points-wise that he was given off the bench last year. And then it got better in November, 15.3 points per game. And then in December, he averaged 22.6 points per game for December, 22 for January. And so far in February, through the six games in February, averaging 24 points per game. 
Kobe White has seen a growth, that leap, that we were hoping that one of these young Bulls players were going to make this season to help raise the ceiling. Unfortunately, we needed that player to, 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 to take a leap to just stay, keep us where we were when you have players like DeMar and Vooch and stuff shooting career lows. But, you know, it's been really good to see Kobe White step up the way that he has. And then somebody that he's always had a great relationship and chemistry with, Io DeSumo as well, being that other young Bull player that's stepping up and having great output for the Chicago Bulls on the season, averaging career-high 10.1 points per game, but he's doing that on 50% shooting from the field and 41% shooting from three-point range, taking three-and-a-half three-pointers per game. Io DeSumo's growth has been evident, and it's been real. It's not just a flash in the pan, and the way that he's going about uh, it, it, extending the game and playing better has been huge. When you look at Col- uh, Isles' growth, same time since December, uh, it started off a little rough in the first couple of months of the, of the season, but December, 10 points per game, doing that on 45% shooting, 31% from the field. January, 13 points per game on 53% shooting and 46% from, from three-point range over the whole month of January. And then so far in February, 15.7 points per game. 55% shooting from the field and 55% shooting from three-point range, taking five-and-a-half three-pointers per game. Io DeSumo's growth is real as well, and the young players with the Chicago Bulls, Io and Kobe, are very much leading the way. And As a matter of fact, Billy Donovan talked about Io's growth and how it really started in training camp, how he started noticing that this may be a little bit different of Io DeSumo. He said this here. Um, you know, he was downhill. I think part of the reason why he's, he's, he shot the ball better one is he's, I think he's invested a lot of time in it. But the other thing, too, is if you watch him, he's always ready to shoot. He's got his feet and his hands ready, and he's ready to make the next player the next decision. I, I felt like in training camp you could see signs that he was starting to do those things. Like even if he wasn't completely making the level of play that he made tonight, you can see that his, his intention and mindset was to do that. So you saw him, I think, you know, making those decisions in training camp. He was probably by far the fastest guy on the court all the time in college, and he'd run by people all the time. And it's hard to do that here, and I think he's had to learn that. So I'd say probably training camp is when I started to see that, you know, he, he had a good a good understanding of, of, of things he needed to do. It was a two-way performance by him tonight. You know, he, uh, he's he got incredible stamina and endurance. Um, you know, I, I, I say in a lot of ways it's a skill. There's, I've been fortunate, like Haslam had it, Joe Kim had it, like the – the more fatigued and tired they get, like the more stubborn they get and the more competitive and the more they push. And he's got that, I think, in him. He can really keep his motor running high. But to do, for him to do what he did offensively and then to play the defense he did, you know, was, was, was pretty remarkable performance on both ends with the number of minutes he got. And great words from Billy Donovan. Like I said, Billy Donovan isn't a perfect coach by any stretch of the imagination. And sometimes he's not even a good coach for the Chicago Bulls. That may be a little bit of a rough statement, but he's really playing extremely well. And, you know, the fact that Billy Donovan said that he knew it and that he started noticing some things in training camp with, you know, Isle being, you know, used to being the quickest player on the floor, but that decision-making came a little bit better. And he realized that he's not, you can't just rely off that quickness. I would assume was definitely growing for the Chicago Bulls. But outside of the two biggest ones, right, Isle and Kobe definitely are the two biggest reasons for optimism on this young core for the Chicago Bulls. You still have Dalen Terry and Julian Phillips flashing some some uh some of that skill that you want to see from them with 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 playing time still not being as consistent. Now Dalen Terry is still a very raw player. We knew that coming in. He still has tons of things that he needs to work on, but it seems like he's calming down a little bit more out there. And we weren't a- always able to say that about da- Dalen Terry. A lot of times with Dalen last season, when he did get in the game, he kind of just looked out of place. Like 
like a deer in the headlights. We're not seeing that as much from Dalen Terry this season. We're seeing a player that kind of understands kind of more. Hell, we saw Dalen Terry take a player off the dribble in the last game. So, you know, there is optimism around this bull, these Bulls players and even Patrick Williams, right? I, I, I haven't talked a lot about Patrick Williams lately when I talk about that young core, specifically because he's kind of just been out and it was a little bit disappointing with that foot injury uh, before, he, before, he went da- before he went down with injury. But when you really look at him and the way that his play stepped up, and at the same time we're looking at that month of December, there's a lot of room for optimism in that month. Averaging 14 points per game on 52% shooting from the field and 50% shooting from three-point range. And we know that he was kind of outside of the measurables with the statistics. He was kind of take he wasn't hesitating as much on the shot. He started taking players off the dribble, understanding when he had mismatches a little bit more. Uh, Patrick Williams started doing that. And then the foot injury kicked in. And he never was quite the same after those initial foot injury games. The month of January was kind of rough for him with only 8.4 uh, points per game on in 24 minutes, but there's still been those flashes and signs from P. Will as well. It's up to him once he comes back from injury to kind of uh, be see if he can be back consistent now that the discomfort is gone. So we'll see that. But the young players, the young players stepping up for the Chicago Bulls are a big reason for optimism with this team heading into the rest of the season. Next up is DeMar DeRozan. You guys know, I, I've been labeled before as a DeMar DeRozan hater at times and things like that. And, you know, I have my qualms with DeMar DeRozan, who he is as a player, absolutely, right? There's some things that DeMar DeRozan does out there, but one of the biggest things and, and problems that I have with DeMar isn't DeMar himself because what he does, we need. And I've said that, like, especially in fourth quarters, when we go through our scoring droughts, DeMar being able to either get a bucket or get to the free throw line, those are important parts of what, of help, what helps the Chicago Bulls win games. It's more so uh, Billy Donovan's, uh, you know, reliance on DeMar DeRozan that becomes kind of the sticking point there. But coming into the season, it was said that DeMar DeRozan was willing to take a back a backseat or a step back, per se, if it meant the team winning. And, you know, the, even though the Bulls are, are winning at a better rate, of course, than when they started off the season, we're still below 500, right? But DeMar has still adapted his game to this new playing style as best as he really can when you look at it. He's averaging the most assists that he has as a Chicago Bull at 5.2 assists per game. Now, that's not huge or anything like that, but it is a noticeable difference in just how DeMar is going about it. Yes, DeMar still has the isolation ball. That's going to be a thing. I know people complain about it. Isolation ball is never going to leave this team completely. If you think that's going to happen, you're, you're hoping for something that, that's just not there, right? It's always going to be a, a, a thing with isolation ball, but DeMar DeRozan still averaging 22 points per game, 5.2 assists, four point. Uh, one rebounds, but he's but when you see him in the in the half court, right? And as the Bulls try to push the pace more, Demar Derozan kind of becomes the ball handler in that time, and he does distribute to other players. Demar is is adapted about as well as he can. Also taking more three pointers for the Chicago Bulls as well. He's taken almost an extra three per game than what he has his prior two seasons uh, with Chicago. First two seasons here, averaging 1.9 three pointers per game. He's now averaging 2.8 three pointers per game, and still hitting it at a DeMar DeRozan, decent 33%. DeMar has tried to adapt it. He's, you know, and it's up to the coach in the fourth quarter. I know that's what a lot of people are going to go to when they hear this. Uh, but it's up to the coach to kind of go to other players in that in that time period. But uh, DeMar and, and his adaptation for this team, kind of stepping it up in times, still being that fourth quarter calming factor for the Bulls when they, when they need a bucket, and still being that leader for this young team. When you look at it, this young team still absolutely loves DeMar DeRozan. Now, we got to see what his future is going to hold, but they're, they're, they're DeMar DeRozan and him adapting to his role on this team is definitely something that you can look at and say has been a positive for this team so far in the season. Now, the last thing that I want to talk about is something that's situation, and that is, I will say this, 
Billy Donovan has done a better job of coaching than not here recently. Still making some decisions, still can't draw inbounds play in the fourth quarter to save his life. Still, you know, as I just talked about, has some of that reliance on DeMar DeRozan in fourth quarters and isolation play and our adjustments still lack at times. But Billy Donovan going to Kobe, now, uh, you know, understanding that the moment that Kobe is in and the fact that even with Io running plays for these guys, putting these guys in better situations. Also, the Twin Tower lineup, the fact that experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Something that he admitted that he was reluctant to do at times, now going to more frequently here as of late when the when the matchup kind of dictates it. Now, we haven't seen the best results of it after that Minnesota game, but still, the, the fact that he's willing to go to that. But here's what I'll say is that I want to see, oh, also benching Javon Carter, right? The fact that Javon Carter got a DNP and uh, he had, had played like four minutes in one game, got a DNP the next game. And then when he came back, we kind of saw Javon Carter play a little bit better. Now, saw some bad Javon Carter again in, last, in, la, in the last game, but I think that, you know, Billy Donovan... At times where he would rely on those veterans, we're seeing him go to the young players at times. And so those are things that have been better. Not great, not the, not high on the list of optimism things, but I definitely got to acknowledge that Billy Donovan has definitely been coaching better here for the Chicago Bulls as of late. More good than bad at times. He still has his moments that definitely hold this team back. So don't think that I'm saying that it's not a bad thing at times too. So, But talking about the positive, let's flip it to the negative. What are the reasons for concern for this team coming out of the All-Star break even heading into the offseason, the biggest one as far as on the court is injuries. The, the, the storyline other than Zach Levine's trade scenario, which we'll talk about to dominate the Chicago Bulls right now, has been injuries. We have, we have Patrick Williams' foot, uh, while he got an update, his timeline's still not clear as of yet. Torrey Craig's missed 22 games. Nikola Vucevic has missed five games. Alice Caruso has been on the injury report every single week, even though Alice Caruso is on pace to play a career-high 70 games this season per the pace that he's put out there. So, listen, I know Caruso's been hurt a lot, but the fact of the matter is if he plays 70 games, that's a that's a lot of goddamn games, right? Zach Levine's also, you know, his, his injury situation being in and out, eventually opting for season-ending surgery. The injuries around the Chicago Bulls are definitely a sign for concern and the fact that, you know, it's not as clear for a player like Patrick Williams. Alice Caruso, we know that he's always at risk to get hurt. And then the minutes played by Kobe White and DeMar DeRozan just make me a little bit concerned about the durability of those guys and if we're going to see kind of a fall off because of fatigue or if it's not injury, things like that. So the injuries definitely something that, that's a concern for the Bulls. Now, they can fix that. Like if the Bulls stay healthy relatively after the All-Star break, the last 27 games, if they can stay healthy with maybe a player missing a game or so because of either rest or being dinged up, something like that, 
it could get better for the Bulls considerably. But the injuries have definitely been a thing that's that's a concern for the Bulls. And also, the Bulls' offense is another thing that's been a big concern. The Bulls right now, and coming into the season, saying that they wanted to push the pace more, we're 30th in pace in the NBA. We're first in mid-range shots. Again, you have DeMar DeRozan on your team. You're going to get a lot of mid-range shots. And we're 22nd in three-point attempts per game. And so, yeah, that the three-point attempts definitely hurt. Having Zach Levine out, who's, who came into the season as, our, or as our, the three-point shooter you looked at the most, right? Him, Patrick Williams per percentage. Kobe White's definitely stepped up big. That's why I kind of always go to, like, had this ascension from Kobe happen with Levine also being kind of willing to understand what his new role needed to be. What, what we see, Torrey Craig also missing a bunch of those games as well and three-point attempts that he was supposed to bring. And then Javon Carter, who was supposed to be, bring a, be a player that brought three-point shooting and defense, hasn't really brought either one of those at a consistent enough level. So that's where you see the Bulls right now ranked 22nd in three-point attempts per game. I came into the season saying that if Torrey Craig and Javon Carter just had their career averages at three-point range, it would have pushed the Bulls into being a top 15 three-point shooting team. I think it was like top 12. We just haven't seen that because of the other things going on with the team. And then we rank 21st overall offensively in the league right now. And that is because the Bulls just don't generate easy offense. We don't. Um, we don't shoot a lot of three-pointers. We don't have the best spacing. We don't get to the free throw line a lot. We're 23rd in free throw attempts per game. And so while you know the offensive rebounding has improved as well, the Bulls are in the bottom half of the league in second chance points as well. So the Bulls offense in the sense that a lot of the a lot of the ways the teams get easy offense just hasn't been there for the Chicago Bulls this year. And so we're we're just we're 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 playing uphill, right? Offensively. And so that's one of the bigger concerns for me as far as like on the basketball court things is the Bulls offense. Now, we know and I talked about it yesterday. The Bulls have been are 19th in offense over the last 36 games. And so that's cool. We still, you know, in record we're we're top 11 in the league in record over the last 36 games as well at 21 and 15. So there there are the signs that, you know, maybe the offense because of the brand of defense that we play is enough over that same time period. We are ranked, we are a top 10 defense over that same time period. So Maybe that is we've we've played teams as well that are really good defensively or just efficient offensively, but not necessarily the best offense. Maybe the Bulls can be that with getting Alex Caruso, Patrick Williams back. They can be a little bit more efficient offensively. But the Bulls offense is definitely something that I'm a little bit concerned about just how difficult it is for us to get offense off against the other teams and even the other playing teams in the NBA, in the Eastern Conference, in the, in the NBA. So we'll see how that ends up working itself out. But then, of course, the biggest question mark and reason for concern is Zach Levine's future. We just don't know what Zach Levine's future is going to be. Um, he got off to extremely slow start offensively. And then, you know, it seemed like he was trying to prove a point at times, kind of like he kind of quit on the team, on the court. You know, then dealing with injuries, came back from injury, was playing a little bit better. That first game back was questionable. Second game back, he had a really good game back. And then, you know, it was, you know, Zach's always been a player to come back slow from injury. But then, you know, it's the trade scenario that's still out there with Zach Levine. The trade saga around Zach Levine is going to be something that's going to dominate what the offseason is for the Chicago Bulls as far as asking that question. Now, the Bulls could fix that by at media day or whatever else, just saying, hey, Zach's going to be on this team for now, right? But even then, the questions are still going to be around. And I, I think you have to worry about now, this is far off, but as you go through training camp and things like that, like how much of a distraction is it going to be? We know that the players like Zach, and Zach likes his teammates on this team too, and he's even been said that he is uh, respectful enough with Billy Donovan where they have still a cool relationship. He just doesn't want to play for Billy Donovan. So that question, now that we've seen the heights that it's gone to, 
being around this team and that Airstale being around. Yes, now that the trade deadline's passed, Zach's out for the season. They could just focus on basketball. But that conversation is going to pick back up in the offseason. And how much that dominates that offseason is definitely something that I have more on the signs for concern type lit, uh, side of things because we just don't know what's going to happen. Are the Bulls going to pull the trigger on a deal that maybe they don't get back an, uh, a really good pieces for? Per what we heard after the trade deadline is that the Bulls were still actively in trying to get pieces that would have helped this team, that Detroit deal, things like that. So maybe the Bulls do go back to hitting the market trying to get those things, but there are definitely signs for concern in that, and that's surrounding the Chicago Bulls as well. So let me know what you guys think. What are your biggest reasons for uh, optimism and your biggest reasons for concern around the Chicago Bulls team as we head into the trade deadline? Now, we got news yesterday that one of the Bulls targets Danilo Gallinari actually decided to sign with the Milwaukee Bucks, and it was reported that the Bulls did talk to Danilo Gallinari and his representation to sign him as a buyout market, and that Danilo was weighing the options between signing with the Bucks and with the Bulls. He ended up choosing the Bucks because they're a better team. He, ha- he, ha- he will have a more defined role there um, and that he can come in and help push that, that team to being a championship contender, right? To, for, they are trying to compete for a title, and he really wants to, to help that. That's the second time now in the last two, two years that we've been uh, shunned by Danilo Gallinari. Keep in mind, the Bulls did offer him a contract before signing Goran Dragic last, off, well, the, last season, the offseason before last when we signed uh, Goran, and uh, he decided to go to the Celtics then. So clearly, as you can see from that, uh, th- that Danilo Gallinari is prioritizing teams, as a lot of buyout candidates typically do, that actually have championship aspirations. Can't knock Danilo Gallinari for that. So now it, a- it begs the question on, what are the Bulls' plans in the buyout market? Because you're left with a couple of things, right? Are the Bulls prioritizing size? Which Danilo Gallinari was one of the few players that, that offered size and three-point shooting. You have another player in Joe Harris who I think may be the favorite to come to the Chicago Bulls that offers just three-point shooting, not necessarily that size Danilo Gallinari had. But if the Bulls are looking at size, a lot of the players are off the board right now. Thaddeus Young going to the Suns. Danilo Gallinari, he signed elsewhere. Marcus Morris is still left there. He offers some three-point shooting as well. So if the Bulls are looking for a combination of size and shooting, Marcus Morris is kind of the best bet there now. If it's just three-point shooting, it could be Joe Harris. But we'll see in the coming days if the Bulls do make a signing at the buyout market like they have in the last two years. We'll see that. Now, with that said, last topic of the day. Reportedly, and this one comes from NBC Sports Chicago, that LeBron James was favor, uh, was in favor of the Lakers trading for Zach Levine. Now, it wasn't just Zach Levine. It, it, it was in support of either Zach or DeJounte Murray. The direct quote is this. James was also in support of the Lakers trading for DeJounte Murray or Zach Levine, two clutch sports clients, in the weeks and months leading into the 2024 trade deadline, according to uh, The Athletic. Packages including Austin Reeves, Ruha Chamor, and a first-round pick were rumored and prognosticated, but the Lakers' unwillingness to part with Reeves seemed unlikely. So it comes down to this, and the reason why I put this here, this is nothing necessarily that we haven't heard before, but if the Lakers are still in the LeBron James business to where he's still dictating a lot of what that team is doing. The Lakers could be back in, depending on how this season ends. If this season ends disappointingly for the Los Angeles Lakers to where they don't make it out the play-in tournament or whatever else, if LeBron is in favor of the Lakers trading for either DeJounte or Zach, those talks could be revisited in the offseason if LeBron James pushed the Lakers brass to doing so. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to be a foregone conclusion or something that happened for sure, but it is something that the Bulls do need to be monitoring. And I'm sure Lakers and 
uh, LeBron will be monitoring both situations with both those guards because, yeah, while they got to add Spencer Dinwiddie as a buyout signing, really solid player, right? Having one of his career worst season, but still a solid enough. If the Lakers fizzle out in this playoff and in this offseason and don't get to the place or go as far as what maybe LeBron will be happy with, reportedly, you know, the, the Warriors, the 76ers may call on LeBron. LeBron is still focused on being a Laker. If LeBron makes enough noise in the offseason, you could see a willingness from the Lakers to re-enter those Zach Levine trade talks. I'm not saying that that's going to be something to happen for sure, but I am saying that it is something that we should watch out for because if LeBron James is somebody who is going to push for that with his, rep- uh, with his representation in clutch sports, that could be something that's revisited this offseason. And the Lakers' unwillingness to come off Austin Reeves could be something that changes as well if the team completely fizzles out. I'm not saying guaranteed, but it is something to look out for as a possibility in the offseason for the Chicago Bulls and for the Los Angeles Lakers. But that's my time for today, guys. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. And lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Thanks to you guys. And like I like to end everything on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.